Hey, good afternoon. It's uh, it's Jeremy with the Sissel Christmas Tree Farm located in Springfield, Kentucky. Today is May 6th. It's been about a week since our last podcast. Um, just want to touch base on a couple things. Uh, the first thing being, I don't know how many people subscribe to it or follow the uh, Christmas Tree Promotion Board. Uh, got it up. It's a newsletter from those guys. Uh, they produce a, uh, a seedling and transplant survey. Uh, they poll, you know, suppliers and, and get their um, numbers for those that, that respond. So you take, you know, take the numbers with the grain of salt uh, because we don't know who all responds each time and the numbers could fluctuate based on who responds. But, um, you know, expecting things to all be pretty much equal. Uh, this survey polls the, the, the major suppliers and, and it, they record their numbers of how many of each species they have sold, right? Which, if you, ta- if you turn it around, it's probably how many that were planted that year. I mean, I guess it could not be that, but most likely that is the amount that is planted. It's not... Uh, regional. I'm sure they they do have some sort of regional numbers, but they don't. That's not published on this. Um, it shows the last three years of sales. So I think I think it's 2018, 2019, and now they just got the 2020 uh, numbers published. So what it what it does is kind of show you a trend overall of you know, what Christmas tree variety, seedling varieties and transplant varieties, you know, what sells the most, and it's Fraser, of course, and uh, it, and then what, you know, what's increasing and what's decreasing, uh, what I noticed from, you know, just first glance is that Fraser remains king and continues to climb, you know, over the past three years, you know, 2018, they sold about 11 million seedling or transplants. And in 2020, now they're up to 13 and a half million. Uh, that's a significant increase. I don't know what the overall percentage of that is for Fraser increase, but it's obvious that a lot of varieties, uh, a lot of people that grow other varieties over the course of those three years have probably stopped uh some of the other varieties and have increased their Frasier because uh, the overall numbers, like I totaled them all up, the overall numbers, it's only an increase of about 10%. So that would be a, a much larger increase in the Frasiers than 10. So, it, you know, a lot of people, a lot more people uh, planting Frasiers. Uh, it's probably, you know, it's not in my area, of course, but it seems like it's probably in other people's areas. Um, the other big thing of note was that there was a decrease pretty much across the board for any for all the pine species. They only report on Scotch, Red, Austrian, Virginia, White, and other pines being annotated at the bottom. I forget what it was, but um, Virginia pine, you know, which we just talked about. You know, I had a bad run-in with some Virginia pine seedlings there with the wholesale nursery but apparently we 
we weren't the only ones thinking Virginia Pine this year. So Virginia Pine was actually the only one that went up, and everything else kind of went down in the pine category. Um, spruces all across the border down. Um, they're up from they're up from three years ago, but they're down from from last year, uh, pretty much across the board. And, and some of them are are down for three years in a row, um, which it does kind of surprise me, uh, especially on the the Black Hill spruce and the other spruce that that's gaining momentum from three years ago. It's down a little bit, but I, I have heard a lot of people that are planting the other spruces now that. Uh, Serbian, is it Serbian? Cork bark? No, Serbian Meyer and this black spruce. I'm not. I'm not exactly sure what the total difference on the black spruce and the black hills. I mean, obviously it's a different variety. Um, but with that, with that group going up, it makes me wonder if there's not a reason um, that people are getting away from some of the other spruces. Uh, Norway. I mean, I, I get why people. Norway's actually, you know, it's going up. It it's went up um, because there's just a lot of people that ball and burlap Norways, and they grow really well. Uh, the big, you know, we we documented it here. Just it, Norway, just the needle retention on a Norway is so poor. I I, I cannot I cannot imagine selling that as a choosing cut. Definitely not as a wholesale tree. I mean, it within seven to ten days the needles start to drop so i ball and burlap all day long or potted living christmas tree uh grows really really fast but as a cut i i can't see that why that would continue to to increase if somebody knows something that i don't know about the norway please let me know sizzle tree farm at gmail.com or sizzle tree farm on uh facebook and instagram i think it's uh christmas tree ky.com as well um overall it looks like uh canane fir no no big surprise there the canane fir is 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 growing year after year um it's it's the number three overall bought species of tree number one being fraser number two being noble and three being now canane fir it was a little bit closer last year but still still the same and then there's still a lot of seedlings that not or weren't weren't reported like the type so that's about three million i think of those so that you know they sold seedlings but i guess they didn't report the actual species so we could chop that chalk that up to just follow the percentages that it currently is um we 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 kind of in the uh the rare variety i guess where where i'm looking at the block you know i'm i'm planting the black hills and i'm planting the meyer spruce just because of what i've read about them as being more resilient with the higher phs and soil that's not as not as great they're obviously not as desirable a tree as a canane fir or either noble or the balsam or frosum or fraser you know those are all much more desirable um, but in the end, um, a very nice spruce tree is still way better than a, uh, a pine tree, in my opinion. So, and, and the customers, obviously, are thinking the same thing because pine can, continues to go down, down, down. 
so there's less people planting it. Um, I'm gonna keep my eye on this. Uh, I watched a I watched a video of a guy that, um, and I, forgive me, I, I can't I cannot remember the name of his Christmas tree farm, but he's very uh, uh, documents everything, right? He's very meticulous. I, I really like his channel, and I really wish I would have wrote down what his what his YouTube channel was. Um, but he's very active. He's active in the uh, the real tr real Christmas tree forums and stuff, and uh, you know he's a, he seems very knowledgeable and and it seems like he's kind of following that same thing that we are. He's he's experimenting with the exotics uh, just to see what what works out. Um, obviously, he's much larger than us, but uh, I do like seeing other people follow suit with the same things that I'm doing because we're so new to this. Um, I'm just trying a lot of different things just to see what works. As an example, uh, I, I'm following a couple people that uh, they buy, instead of buying seedlings, older seedlings and transplants like 3-2s and 2-2s, every year they buy the youngest seedlings that they can get. They buy like the 4S. I, I don't know. They're like a, they're like a, you know, a four or five inch seedling plug that's like a, a one inch seedling plug and and both people do it different ways they either want one of these farms they actually plant all of those into a transplant bed and they basically garden their trees you know for two or three years and they just keep their their own transplant bed full um so they're saving money uh you know on this on the seedlings i, I guess they save as much as 50 percent on the cost of their seedlings um, and you know you pay that back in labor, of course, because you're planting into a seedling bed, which is interesting. So we're trying that a little bit of that. I'm planting a few hundred in a transplant bed just to see how it works out. And then uh, we also are potting some. I've got some tree band uh, containers, and I had some one gallon containers, and, and I got some trade one gallon, and even some three gallon. Uh, which those are for resale, you know, not necessarily for for us putting back into the ground. But those are the ones we'll grow out a little bit bigger, three and five gallons to sell as potted. But um, there's another uh, farm that I follow, and every year they have this little mobile trailer. It looks to be like a normal landscape trailer, um, you know, a mesh metal mesh landscape trailer. And they use looks like tree band containers, and it may it may just be the number one size square containers. And they get in, I think, five hundred or a thousand on this on this trailer, and they pot them. They pot every single one of them, and they they pot all their little small plug seedlings into these pots, and they put them on a the trailer. You know, they got two or three guys and gals that they pot these up with potting soil and. And it's, it's like a little mini greenhouse and they keep them all on this trailer and they use the trailer like a, like a mini greenhouse tray. They make a little, um, uh, plastic, you know, arc that goes over the trailer and, you know, it's set up on where they sprinkle it with sprinklers and the whole deal is pretty fascinating for me. It seems like it is a lot more work. I'm wondering what the biggest benefit is. I mean, I've, the the biggest benefit is you don't have to dig the tree up, you know, afterwards when it's a transplant. You got it in a pot and you can pot it. Now your hole's going to have to be bigger because you're no longer planting a bare root. But 
that's pretty cool. Uh, why I bring that up is today uh, I planted uh, 50 Turkish 3-0 plugs um, that I got from a nursery in northern Minnesota and a kind gentleman that runs the exotic Christmas tree newsletter uh, found him on that and I was like let me I'll give him a shot you know I want to see I originally reached out to see if he, he had a, a different seed source for Nordmans and he didn't have any Nordmans but the uh, he did have some Turkish uh, don't know how a Turkish will do here I know they grow slow um, I don't know if they're like the Korean or not but the Korean was almost impossible to grow nearby where it was taking 10 years to get it five feet I'm hoping the Turkish is not the same but I, I we got 50 of the plugs the, the plugs look great um, they're only about six inches tall right and they're three-year-old seedlings so I, that right off the bat I, I know they're slow growing um, they they from the research that I've done on the Turkish they look to be a little bit more tolerant of some diseases and maybe the soil a little bit so it's definitely worth a shot with us going into our second year seeing what grows the best so trying some things out we're just filled we filled planting some small plugs we did the transplant bed thing and now we're doing some potted onto you know we're going to have we'll probably have a maybe a hundred or so potted that we're going to try to plant next year and we'll, we'll just see how that goes for us um the only other thing that i had to report is my irrigation pond the uh, the amount of rain that we've gotten uh I know we reported the pond filled in like three days. So it's about a three-quarter acre pond, and it filled in like three days. So that was kind of a warning sign on how much water that comes off the area around it. Well, our overflow pipe on that is, I think, a 14-inch. It's uh, It had rained so much, it had, it had eroded the dam around the pipe so that the pipe was actually like popping up into the air. Anyway, I had to... I had to take the tractor down there and just lay dirt on top of the pipe where it had eroded, where it had rained so much. Um, gonna have to do some work on the spillway. I'm probably gonna have to widen the spillway some so that when the water uh, does come in like that, that it's not, it doesn't all have to go out this really small spillway to the left of our pond. I might even give the right side a small spillway as well. Uh, and I have to get that, our overflow pipe, I'm gonna have to uh, get some more dirt on that and get that back down the level because it had pushed itself up and it you know it was raising the level of the pond up about a foot because the pipe itself was kind of raising up so I'll probably get some riprap or something some bit real big gravel rock to to lay around that pipe to keep that from happening in the future I just never got any grass established on my irrigation pond I just had so many other things to do I uh, I did so I didn't lay any topsoil down around that irrigation pond yet, but I did. I did sow bluegrass and and, and rye. It just didn't come up very good because it was so much just clay and top or uh, subsoil. So uh, there's never time to do it right, but there's always time to fix it, and, and that holds true now again for me. Um, I'm going to have to fix it, so I'm going to have to go ahead and get the grade back fixed with uh, fill dirt that had eroded and then i'm going to go ahead and put the topsoil on it in the next couple weeks and then i'm going to strong seed it the way that i should have done three months ago uh, well that's all i got guys i hope you found that enjoyable or hope you give some information on that 
Talk to you next time.